Guy here from the Blood Red team. Hope you're all well and sorry to interrupt, but we just got a quick message for you before you get on with the episode that you're listening to. And while we don't have any football right now, here at Blood Red, we have got our own transfer news to let you know about. From now on, our podcast channel will be hosted on the Global Player app. Well, what does that mean? Well, don't worry. If you listen to us on any other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine. But to get our pods quicker than anywhere else, you might want to download the Global Player app as our pods will be on there before they're released on any other player. The Global Player app is available to download on iOS and the Google Play Store or wherever it is you get your apps from. You can also find them at globalplayer.com. That's all from me. I'll let you get back on with the episode that you're expecting to hear this is the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from anfield hello it's paul wheelock and welcome to the morning bulletin podcast where we round up all the big headlines from overnight concerning liverpool fc and for the first time this week i'm pleased to say i'm joined by my fellow 7am starter and the liverpool echo sports audience editor sean bradbury sean how are you yeah, not so bad, mate, not so bad. Up, up bright and early and always, always a pleasure to be here. I, I did um, take my life in my own hands and had my other half the Clippers earlier this week for a home haircut, so I'm, I'm very glad this is all down the phone and there's not a camera in front of me, I have to say. But, um, but yeah, cracking on. I seen you on a Google Hangout yesterday, mate, and I thought it looked pretty good, to be fair. Uh, there's, there's certain angles where it's acceptable, but there's others where uh, that camera has <laughs> off like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, it's not bad at all, mate. Not bad at all. So yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad the haircut didn't turn out too badly. But yeah, you are working with me today, so this it's not the greatest thing in the world. But to, but what's better? There are some really good stories to get stuck into. Uh, the ones we're going to talk about now, in particular, and the, all of them are on are on the Liverpool Echoes website right now. Uh, and we'll start with one of the most popular ones from overnight, and it regards. The new kit deal with Nike. Now, people may have seen that there's been leaked images online of what is supposedly Liverpool's new home kit. Again, it's not official yet, but people suggest that it, it potentially could be with uh, the gossip online. But our Liverpool FC correspondent Paul Gorsh has been trying to fill in supporters as well about when they could actually see the Reds wearing the new kit, whatever it is. Sean, firstly, what did you make of these leaked images, if they are the official ones? And, and what's Gorsh been saying? Yeah, well, uh, regards to the images first, I, I don't know, I mean, I'm always, I was slightly underwhelmed by these ones, I'm, I'm not going to lie, they just seem a, a little bit basic. Um, one thing that's been touted by quite a few kind of reports is that there'll be a little twist of green potentially on the home kit, harking back to you know, the kit of the mid-90s, wasn't there, that a kind of green loop on the, on the sleeves? Um, I, I don't mind that, I think that's quite nice, but this this kit looked a bit basic, and um, I I'm always impressed though by the... the Kind of standard of design of some of the concept kits you do see knocking around though there was one at the weekend that was a, a black and gold away or maybe even the third kit that someone had put together and that that looked fantastic but this one i, I don't know if the alleged leak was just quite a basic kit with a little um obviously red and then a little, a little bit of green and white i think on the end of the sleeves and on the collar as well and um, but for me i, I don't know it, it clashed with something a couple of months ago there was the Nike executive, um, a lady different called Heidi Berger, or Berger, trying to say her name, but on Twitter, Reds fans were asking her, or, you know, what's going to happen with the kit, blah, blah, blah. And she replied to them and said, oh, Nike, we're, we're ditching the templates for this. There'll be hand-drawn prints, custom fonts, each team's kit will look like its own type thing. And I kind of thought, oh, that's, that's quite reassuring comments, because it was one criticism you can say with regards to Nike kits. I mean, some of them are really good, but there does seem to be, there is a template, and I think that, that's fair to say. It's a bit of a kind of identical kit look to them, if you like. Um, so yeah, hopefully that that does come to pass, and they produce something that's kind of a 
bit fresh and a little bit bespoke. But, but yeah, in, in a general sense, then obviously everyone knows, don't you? That Liverpool won the High Court case last year um, with New Balance and paved the way for this big night deal. But in terms of when we'll see the kit, I suppose that's still up in the air because it was meant to be the start of June when Nike's contract came into place. Um, and obviously that, the intentions then were for New Balance to finish the season, Liverpool hopefully to, to kind of lift the title in that New Balance kit and then the handover would, would come to pass and Nike's uh, long-term kind of multi-year deal would come into play. But, but yeah, the, the coronavirus outbreak and the lockdown, suspension of football throwing that all up in the air. But there were reports a few weeks back essentially suggesting that there's been an agreement and I don't know whether it's a verbal agreement or something's been contracted, but that New Balance will... Liverpool will finish the season whenever that is in a New Balance kit and ultimately that feels like the right thing to do that's that's the intention surely with which the whole deal was slashed out in the first place and you know, Nike, with the contract due to start in June they, they knew that was the case but then you do wonder like what is the nature of that agreement is it just a, a kind of gentleman's agreement if you like or and how long does that last because this is the thing isn't it we don't know how long this lockdown is going to go on for when when Fussy will be suspended so kind of feel like that the longer that goes on the more problematic that may become but it does seem like a sensible conclusion has been arrived at in the short term, at least. It does. Now, I don't know if you're aware, listeners, but Kai Havertz is, as the footballers like to say, a Nike athlete. Uh, and reports in Germany <laughs> that we've picked up on the Echoes website suggest he's willing to move abroad. And I suppose that, Sean, will lead to further speculation that Liverpool could be perhaps his next destination. Yeah, absolutely. And quite stark comments, I thought. He, you know, he kind of said, Leverkusen is great, but, and then I want to take the next step in my career at some stage. Uh, that's my ambition. I like challenges. And then there was a couple of things he said on top of that. He said, for me, this also includes the broads. You always think a player in his position, if, if Bayern is circling, um, you know, that, that seems to be the case over there, doesn't it? They can, they can nab the best players on the, on the slightly lesser rung, um, if you like, of, of domestic teams. Um, but, you know, the fact that he's, that he's highlighted, he, he would go abroad is interesting. And then he also said, the coach is a very important person to me. It must be a good fit. And you just think, I, I don't know, two and two make them five here, but like that feels like a, a kind of potential reference to Klopp at least, doesn't it? The fact that he's, that he's putting that out there and you know you hear players all the time but be kind of whack about what Klopp's like to work for and I think he is ultimately a kind of bit of a bit of a selling point to, to bring players to Anfield for Liverpool um, as, as well. I think there's, there's no hiding from that. Um, so yeah, interesting comments and you know, there's, there's huge uncertainty around the summer transfer window, which we'll come on to. I think as well, there's uncertainty around Liverpool's midfield. And yeah. I almost think for, for someone like Havertz to come in at this stage, it would take quite a ruthless decision from Klopp. Because whilst Lallana's on the cusp of leaving by, by all accounts of this contract running down, um, the likes of Shaqiri will probably leave too in the summer. But even one album, you could say, the longer his contract situation goes unresolved, there's a question mark there at least. But then you've got Cater who... I think that maybe he's the one in terms of a ruthless decision and that's what I'm referring to I suppose but you know he still feels poised to, to make an impact if he gets to run of games but then how many seasons can we, can we say that for you've also got Minamino who's, who's yet to really be bedded in and you know we all hope we'll, we'll, we'll come good and show more Curtis Jones coming through and you've obviously still got the, all the other names Henderson, Milner, Fabinho and Co so it'd be quite a big ask to, for an attack albeit an attacking midfielder to come in to, to, that, to that self with all that competition um, so yeah, I kind of feel if he did come in, not necessarily in a financial sense, Liverpool would have to sell to buy, but it's quite a packed area at the moment, and I think it would be quite a big call for for Klopp to make if he did want it. 
they have done that so well Liverpool over the years sell to buy really and it, it's kind of forms basis of an article you paid mention to a, a second ago which Kai Havertz is also mentioned in it's, it's written by our chief LFC writer Ian Doyle and he's basically saying that Liverpool could be particularly well placed in the transfer market when the season ends and when the window eventually opens I almost feel like it could be quite an ugly window because as this piece says uh, and as everyone knows really clubs across the world are taking huge financial hits at the moment aren't they and there's, there's, there's huge difficulties in, with various revenue streams and a lot a lot is unresolved and you've got club chiefs from across Europe and elsewhere already spelling out that big fees you know that's unlikely to be seen big people clubs shelling out in a big way this summer but yeah obviously Doyley makes the point that that then might mean those in a relatively better financial position will be will be better placed going into the market. You'll have other clubs who will kind of need the money. Um, and it's a tricky situation, I suppose. Obviously, the, the strong player preying on the small is it was ever thus really in football, wasn't it? And you know that, that's what big clubs do. They, they poach good players from from the lesser clubs who, who kind of need the, the financial hit to, to keep them going. Potentially, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's difficult. I just think then there's, there's also, as we've seen with the Fairless situation especially with Liverpool there's, there's the kind of optics to it as well though and I think if, if clubs were going around spending big money this summer it, does it look like you're taking advantage a little bit and, and would, it, would it clash with other messages that have come out of the clubs and I think fairly because obviously you know cash flow and TV revenues how they're going to pay players, pay players wages all of these are, are large issues still aren't they and, and they, they can't be doubted at kind of any level of the pyramid um, but fundamentally his, his point is right that Liverpool haven't spent much in the last couple of windows, and obviously that wasn't that wasn't deliberate tactically to, to take advantage of this situation. But they they could be in a, in a position too, and I suppose that is the reality of it. It is. To our last story. Uh, now, some might say Noel Gallagher knows exactly what he's doing when he talks about Liverpool. Yeah, <laughs> but he's been doing it again overnight, Sean, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I want to start with this one though on, on what he said last August because he, he obviously we all know our last season finished, but he said Liverpool had the greatest season in their entire life and they still came second. It's very funny. Liverpool <laughs> aren't going to get near City as long as Guardiola stays. will win the league every year. So that was his position. But, but yeah, now he said <laughs> Liverpool have won the league anyway. We should just give it to them, which. I think it's, you know a lot of people would, would would agree with that given the how far Liverpool ahead how far they are. But then yeah, I think he makes make some other interesting points. Kind of doesn't agree with playing football behind closed doors, and I can totally see the argument for that from from a fan's perspective. You know, he said um, that could cause difficulties, and fans would want to be in there. And well, obviously, well, as we all know, like football without fans is nothing. I do, I do see the argument for that. He's not alone. I think Van Dijk said that he he wouldn't really relish the prospect of playing without fans in stadiums. But then, obviously, yeah. I mean, you've, as we talk, touched upon with the financial argument, you've, there's so much financially behind finishing this season, and not just for a kind of profiteering sense. It's clubs need the money to survive in, in some instances. But then, yeah, there's this, the whole behind closed doors thing. I think there's some unsavoury aspects to it. Some of the ideas that have come out about you know, players being housed in kind of quarantine camps, almost, and playing at Wembley, and it, I don't know. It all seems to me to be getting a little bit more farcical and, and far fetched, especially when we've seen some leagues kind of already be settled or voided so I don't know maybe Noel's right just there give Liverpool the league and, 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 and carry on but we'll, we'll see I'm sure we will that wraps up your headlines but before we, we go we'd just like to wish former Liverpool manager Rafa Benitez a happy 60th birthday might be the most obvious question ever Sean but what's your favourite Rafa memory oh, so many well yeah I think it, it's got to be a stumble I, I, I was just I was just a big a big believer in, uh, in, in Rafa and just thought he, you know that Kind of was the first one I believe would, would would truly win the league, and he was always that couple of players away. But 
yeah, I think Istanbul, for albeit who deserves a lot of credit, you know, that was just uh, the miracle of Istanbul, as they say, it just, just kind of came from nowhere and uh, got us all behind Rafa pretty much straight from day one. How could it not be? Sean, thanks very much for joining us, mate, and uh, thanks for everyone at home for listening. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.